Hey, what's up, all you crypto savages? All right, let's say you got a little bit of shit on your arm or on your hand. Would you wipe it off with a paper and call it a day? No, no, you wouldn't. If you got shit on your arm or hand, unless you're a total savage, you'd run for the soap and water, maybe a chore boy or an SOS pad or something like that. But some soft cottony paper? If you got shit on your arm or on your hand, you're going to wipe it off with a cotton ball? Who does that? Nah, nobody does that. But the horrifying truth is 98% of the people you meet in America have a dirty butt. That's right, but not anymore. Because I'd like to introduce you to our new sponsor, Hello Tushy. With the -the state-of-the-art Hello Tushy bidet, you can poop and then splash your ass with some cold water. Give your ass the love it deserves and stop wearing it out by scrubbing it with that sandpaper you get at the dollar store. Get the unbelievable clean only water can provide. And speaking of dollars, it's economical too. Did you know that by washing your ass with a Hello Tushy bidet, an average household with three poopers in it that go to the bathroom three times a day will save an average of $479.81 a year on toilet paper. That's a lot of money. You're literally flushing down the toilet. Hello Tushy is sanitary and will cut down on pink eye occurrences, hemorrhoids, skid marks, and dingleberries by 75% in your household. So run and get a Hello Tushy now by visiting hellotushy.com and use the promo code CRYPTONY to get a discount at checkout. This is an indigo alert. In 1988, The daughter of Catherine and Blair Lucian, Ava, was reported missing after running from the San Francisco Police Department after a prank gone wrong. Just recently, Ava has been sighted in Detroit, Michigan, in the area of Hart Plaza. Theory has it that Ava has been interdimensionally transported here due to a freak accident involving poly water. MetaHedge has hidden thousands of dollars in cryptocurrency in the landscape of downtown Detroit. Our first ever ARG augmented reality game will allow the players to play in a game where the lines between reality and fiction have been blurred in many uncanny ways. On their search, players will encounter magic, time travel, and Masonic connections to Detroit history and learn about things in our landscape that we walk by every single day. Can you help find Ava? Will you discover elsewhere in the process? If you want to play, you must first follow the clues on our Facebook page. Or if you're ready to become inducted into the EPW and help find Ava right away, you can then just call Agent 13 and three quarters at 248-910-5164 or drop him a line at Agent and 13 and three quarters at epw.icu. There are two words in modern day language that horrify, induce panic, terrorize, petrify, and scare you to death. Those two words are cryptocurrency. Um, but that's just ridiculous. Welcome to Tales from the Cryptocurrency. 
It's not that scary. It's not that difficult. And it's not intimidating. We'll prove it. We'll have fun along the way. This is Tales from the Cryptocurrency. And now your host, Tony Casanova. Hey everybody, welcome to Tales from the Cryptocurrency, where I attempt to demystify cryptocurrency and take the horror out of Bitcoin and other altcoins. Guys, I have to apologize for the last couple of weeks. Uh, number one, uh, the week prior I was in New York, uh, all was good there. Uh, I was taking care of some work, doing some things, uh, doing some sightseeing and stuff like that. Um, and anyways, uh, all was good. I just couldn't get to my schedule so crunched. I, I couldn't get to doing the podcast. And by the time I could get to doing the podcast, well, the information I was going to give you was outdated anyway. So I decided to hold against it because uh, on Monday I was going to do the podcast. And that led me to week two of the podcast. On that Monday, I uh, actually uh, started doing uh, my work as normal, and I was getting ready to uh, put together the information for the podcast when I realized that I needed a uh, emergency medical procedure. Uh, now, this wasn't like a major thing, like a heart thing or anything like that, so please don't worry about that. It was something, a very small issue that uh, I have uh, not been dealing with, and because I kept putting it aside because of work and like that kind of stuff, well, it kind of got aggravated, and uh, as sometimes aggravated issues do it was uh forget the podcast forget the daily update what about me is what it started asking me what about me and uh i was like well what about you i think right now is the time to deal with you so i had to go and deal with the small issue i don't want to talk about it it's kind of grody but anyways uh i uh um I had to deal with it, and uh, that led to a stunningly painful recovery uh, afterwards, which did not leave me any type of mind frame with which to be like, I'm going to talk about Bitcoin or anything of the sort. So I please, I hope you understand. I'll try not to make it happen again. In the meantime, we're back on track. The year is today's podcast, and uh, I'm back like a doctor. Okay. So, uh, there you go. All right. Now with that being said, uh, today, the meta hedge, uh, fear and greed index is currently reading at 62, which, uh, you know, as, uh, I've said before, uh, in the past when, uh, it is currently registering, uh, somewhere between extreme greed and extreme fear, a little bit more on the extreme greed side, which is nice to see, uh, which means that, uh, once it's in that extreme greed area, that's when we are going to sell our positions. Uh, once it gets to extreme fear, that is when we buy into the market because that uh, offers us the best times to purchase into the market. So uh, as of right now, know that it's currently reading a 62 out of 100 uh, to leaning towards extreme greed. So uh, also all of the altcoin uh, market looks like it's starting to pump finally and Bitcoin is currently trading at $29,119.28, up 3.5% since uh, the last time that we talked. So uh, we're currently waiting for that $30,000 on Bitcoin, uh, which is right around the corner, as we can tell. Uh, last week, uh, while I was sick and stuff like that, I started to think that like Bitcoin was going to drop down to 26000 because it was listed on the charts. Um, and uh, basically, that was shut down at 27005 So at 27005 now that is a huge drop, okay? So it did have an enormous drop from 29000 which is where it was at, like currently right now, and then it dropped all the way down to 27005 
five. I thought twenty six, so it's still like uh, you know fifteen hundred bucks off. But uh, I, I was twenty five hundred in the right direction. Okay, so uh, with that being said, it was nice to see it get shut down. I was not mad at that at all because as the Bitcoin started to recover and shoot back, well, then that uh, gave us some strength. That that thirty thousand and possibly thirty three thousand that we've been looking for is uh, on its way for our portfolios as we are sitting pretty with everything that we have. Now, I've already added uh, another coin to my portfolio, uh, actually two coins uh, I've added to my portfolio, and I'm going to talk about them in the second part of this podcast right now. But in the meantime, while we cover the news, I wanted to say that there is more trouble on the horizon for Binance. Uh, so if you're looking at Binance.us or currently using Binance.us, you know, US, uh, you currently know that it's been a tough time for Binance recently. And over the last few weeks, uh, the crypto exchange has been sued by the CFTC for allegedly offering unregistered crypto products and willfully evading U.S. laws. And it's also lost its partnership with Paxos uh, and the BUSD stablecoin they partnered on is being shut down. So all of that stuff uh, could be karmic retribution happening for Binance right now. Go for it, CZ. Uh, you should have thought about that before you started shutting down and fucking things up with FTX. That's what I always say. So with that being said, now the Wall Street Journal is reporting that Binance's uh, U.S. crypto exchange, Binance.us, which is that handle, is struggling to find a new banking partner to handle the customer deposits. It was using Silvergate in the past and Signature Bank, both of which collapsed last month. If you were following the podcast along uh, since then, uh, they've been trying to find new partners. And according to the Wall Street Journal report, Binance.us tried teaming up with Cross River Bank and uh, Customers Bank Corp Inc., but it was rejected both times. As a result, some USD deposit services like Apple Pay and Google Pay will be temporarily unavailable for users. So when it rains... It pours, as they say. So why does this matter? Well, Binance.us uh, is one of the top exchanges in the country. So in fact, it actually tripled its U.S. market share from 8% to 24% in quarter one this year. So pretty crazy growth, uh, so to speak. But none of it matters if Binance.us can't find banking partners to handle customer deposits and serve as fiat on off ramps for crypto. So this is what we need more than anything right now is banks to step up and allow us to be on on off-ramp, uh, you know, financially uh, into the market. So right now, the crypto exchange is basically storing its customers' funds with a financial tech firm called Prime Trust, but this will only slow down the movement of funds. It needs uh, an actual bank to do some, some of the work, so some of the heavy financial lifting, so to speak. So it's also interesting to note that Binance.us wasn't the only crypto firm affected by the Signature and Silvergate banking problems, but it's one of the last ones to find a solution. Uh, Coinbase uh, now has Cross River Bank, and Kraken is starting its own bank, and most other crypto companies have found other banking partners, but it looks like Binance.us is that kind of, uh, you know, kind of that ugly kid that gets picked last in dodgeball, you know, so everybody's huddled away, and then they're like, you could have them 
You could have him. Well, you should have thought about that, CZ. Nobody likes a snitch. All right. Anyways, uh, by the way, uh, I have to cover this before it uh, hits the news, but the Department of Justice has seized another $100 million in crypto. Uh, it turns out that right now the U.S. government is one of the largest crypto holders in the world, also known as Uncle Sam the Crypto Whale. But uh, the one thing, uh, the U.S. government doesn't buy uh, its crypto. So it confiscates it. So that kind of makes it bad. So, well, last week, the Department of Justice announced that it seized another $112 million in crypto. The funds were linked to a popular crypto scam called pig butchering. Uh, what the fuck is pig butchering? Well, it works like this. A scammer reaches out to victims via direct message on social media or dating apps. Uh, and then it goes down the DM line uh, there. And then the scammer uses elaborate storylines to fatten up victims into believing that they are in a romantic or close personal relationship. Uh, once there's enough trust, the scammer will bring crypto into the mix. They'll create fake websites and mobile apps to display portfolios with large returns. And then the scammer will convince the victims to invest. Once the money is deposited into the fake app, well, it's gone. And it's basically been deposited into the scammer's bank account. So right now, crypto frauds uh, like bitch, big, like are using this pig butchering and uh, uh, and basically all the scammers that are doing it is, are basically, you know, booming at the industry. So crypto fraud is up 183% and reached a total of $2.6 billion in losses last year. So guys, the lesson here to be learned is be careful who you meet online and never, ever give your money away without proper due diligence. Uh, you know, that funny, smart, hot person you met online, uh, you know, might not look the same way that they look in real life and might not be the person that you're that you're thinking of so uh, they might just be trying to get some of your crypto assets and never by any chance never give anybody uh your key you know your seed phrases as well the keys to your crypto for any reason uh, for them to help you or help you recover some stuff or whatever or anything just uh, don't do it at all okay guys i wanted to talk uh, another thing on, on in the news uh right here is uh we are hearing a lot these days of cbdc's so around four years ago i told everybody i came out and i told everybody hey hey, uh, the government is coming for your cash. They're going to develop a cryptocurrency and uh, it's going to take the place of cash. And everybody was like, no, man, you're crazy. You don't know what you're talking about. Cash is never going to go away and this and that. Well, anyways, just two days ago, the government announced that they are going to be doing away with cash as they move towards a CBDC to expedite payments and make things more convenient for you. Uh, at least that's the guys uh, that, they're, that they're bringing up. So, so uh, right now, why is this happening? Well, the upward climb in uh, the global popularity of decentralized currencies like Ethereum and Bitcoin has basically inspired central banks to create their own digital versions of existing fiat currencies known as central bank digital currencies or CBDCs for short. OK, uh, the, you might recognize this because the People's Bank of China, uh, 
Okay, China, communist China, has already dipped its toes into the pool with the digital yuan experimentation. Uh, they started this in 2019, and according to recent reports, 5.3 billion in digital yuan has already been spent as part of its trials. So, the Bank of Korea, another communist country, uh, recently enlisted uh, the the support of Ground X for its own CBDC pilot. Japan, Malaysia, Cambodia, and other Asian nations are also following suit with experiments. However, uh, this is far from regional development, right? So a recent Bank of Canada report highlighted that a CBDC would provide a non-bank deposit option for Canadians, helping fight monopolistic practices and anti-competitive behaviors exhibited by financial institutions and technology companies. So major G7 banks, including the Federal Reserve and the Bank of England, are also researching and exploring the possibilities. So CBDCs are growing more realistic and and more feasible with each passing day. It's not Tony being crazy. It's your reality now. Uh, so hopefully you did uh, start studying and getting into Bitcoin uh, back when I told you. If not, maybe you're starting to learn now, which is why you're listening to the podcast uh, as we speak. So even though the concept of CBDC is in the birth stages right now, uh, as with any other coin, it has more than one side, right? So it has the good side. It has its bad side, and then uh, it possibly has its its ugly side, and we're going to cover all of these right now. So why is CBDC? What's the narrative that you're going to hear? Why is it good? Why are they going to sell it to you? Why is the U.S. government all of a sudden getting into cryptocurrencies that they said were so bad or so scammy or so deceitful and all of that stuff? Well, there's several excellent reasons why introducing CBDCs can be an impactful decision and by extension benefit millions of people if not billions of people first central banks can quickly and easily increase financial inclusion allowing citizens to create and hold funds at a central bank account you know this can conceivably provide greater access to financial services for unbanked people and underbanked members of society the poor specifically so private companies transacting in local ter uh, in local currencies will be forced to become more transparent, reducing the proliferation and corruption and other illicit activities that they're generally involved in. So more specifically, removing large denomination bills from circulation might score a direct hit on the drug trade and on tax evasion. Uh, so that's a, another thing that, that could be uh, impacted. And CBDCs could prove serious competition for existing payment systems like credit cards. Uh, adding a transparent central bank-backed option could conceivably reduce fees while preventing monopolistic behaviors and, you know, unscrupulous practices that are done by the credit card companies. So as rosy as, the, uh, as all of this stuff sounds, though, I mean, there is another side and things can go sideways. Uh, uh, the bad side, I guess... Uh, would be that CBDCs might result in heightened levels of control uh, central for central banks and, and governments uh, to exert upon us. Financial regulators are already worried about losing control over the money supply given the rising adoption of Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies. From their perspective, this momentum can loosen the bank's grip on economic stability and money in general. 
So uh, modern monetary theory, or MMT, uh, espouses the idea that the government can spend in deficit and transfer funds directly to citizens to ease economic distress during downturns without worry about the national debt. Uh, the obvious danger in this area is inflation, and with regards to CBDCs, the most concerning aspect is the possible politicization of MMT for partisan aims. Uh, instead, taking a more independent central bank approach to the old monetary policy, uh, which will separate, you know, se be separate from the fiscal policy. So another possible negative aspect, by the way, to consider is bank runs. So if anybody can open uh, an account with a central bank and deposit CBDCs, even maybe without fees or transfer costs like in an ordinary bank, then traditional institutions may experience serious deposit outflows anytime that confidence is lost in the in the market. So this is, uh, uh, since it's a, a digital currency, theoretically, uh, there is a third side uh, as well to all of this. And I guess it would be the, the ugly side. So, uh, and the ugly side of the CBDCs is that they centralize money even more and preserve the oligopoly uh, power that financial institutions currently have. Unlike cryptocurrencies that aim to democratize and decentralize finance, CBDCs grant near-complete control to central banks. The trade-offs uh, of greater bank central oversight and control are privacy and transactional anonymity. That's, that's where you lose. Uh, central banks can also conceivably use their digital toolkits to monitor, record, analyze, and tax every transaction. So no more helping your brother paint the fence for, you know, 50 bucks on the side. When he gives you that 50 bucks, you have to tell him, hey, send me 50, you know, 56 bucks uh, to cover the tax. Uh, I had a situation today, a friend of mine, I drove his car because uh, I dropped him off to the airport and he said, hey, uh, can you drop me off? So I was driving him in his car. After I dropped him off, he threw me $40 and said, hey, will you uh, put this in the tank? The car's low on gas. And I said, yeah, no problem. So uh, I thought, you know, if this was, in the digital currency age, I would have had to tell him, send me $43 so that I could put $40 in your gas tank and the $3 that it's going to impact me on my taxes will be covered. So think of like that as a scenario. Okay. Does that start to sound like America or does that start to sound like somewhere else, you know? So anyways, uh, another bad thing is that it will enhance control over the ordinary citizen's level of access to a financial system, especially if a citizen is engaging in behavior that central banks may deem threatening for whatever reason. So in China, uh, currently social credit scores prevented 23 million people from buying plane, train, uh, and automobile tickets, uh, so to speak, uh, in 2018 for so-called behavior crimes. Now imagine the central banks with a newfound ability to oversee accounts thanks to their CBDC rollout can build similar systems to punish businesses or consumers or behaviors they deem uh, as untoward or unwanted in their societies, you know, uh, this would st what would stop central banks from abusing this power in conjunction with state security uh, or political officials to confiscate user funds for whatever otherwise might be lawful activities. This dystopian black mirror-esque approach could easily be seen as a byproduct of CBDC implementation. So what's the bottom line? 
Well, CDBCs are certainly, as global digitization demands innovation from uh, certain banks, uh, they're coming down the pike no matter what. So that's that's for certain. The benefits for central banks are straightforward. Firmer control, outstanding tracking, monitoring capabilities, the ability to quickly implement monetary policy measures, and the power to counter the, the growing influence commanded by fintech and, and financial institutions. Yet these novel innovations uh, have a darker side to them. They depend on faith and trust that that a central bank and other related government offices will not abuse their newfound power. Sure, some of the benefits are worth capitalizing on, but if no governance mechanism protects people from state-sponsored overreach, then what will be left to defend uh, the people or the institutions uh, who's the, who's supposed to care for us? So, uh, with that being said, no matter the benefits and, and drawbacks, Central banks have no choice but to enter the digital fray, and without it, send uh, decentralization uh, threatens to upend uh, almost every uh, every end of the very systems and and institutions that they'll spend every last fiat note, you know, trying to to, to save and to defend. So uh, that's basically where we're at. It is no longer the the days of four years ago where we were like, no, cash is going to be king. No, S- digital currency is going to be king, and Bitcoin. Bitcoin will probably end up being the king of it all, because at the end of the day, when the government does come out with its CBDCs, are you going to want those or are you going to immediately take anything that you get in CBDC and roll it out and trade it for Bitcoin so you can have some level of anonymity? So you can transfer just $5 to your nephew and give it to him to help him with some school books and, uh, you know, help your brother paint the fence for 50 bucks and send your 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 kid, you know, uh, $100 for some tires uh, without the government getting all in there uh, and, and, and marking every single transaction. You send your kid $100 and uh, he's going to have to declare that on his taxes. And, uh, you know, you should have sent him 106 so that it wasn't a financial liability on him. So, guys, this is all a reality and it's coming very, very soon. So, with that being said, uh, Bitcoin continues to climb. Meanwhile, everything's looking positive. I'm feeling bullish on Bitcoin. Uh, and uh, I'm going to come back. Let's uh, take a quick break, grab a cup of coffee real quick, and then I'm going to come back and I'm going to talk about what's going on at MetaHedge, uh, which we do have some very interesting stuff going on and some cool things that will get unrolled this uh, very week itself. And uh, we will also talk about the two new coins that uh, I have added to the portfolio, uh, which are going to be our all coins from the crypt uh, today as we talk about Zen, X-E-N and D-X-N, okay, which is uh, D-B-Z. So we're going to talk about all of these when I get back. So uh, hang in there. Don't go anywhere else. There's going to be no more cracky uh, commercials uh, right now. I think the, the two products uh, that we have going on right now are basically uh, Hello Tushy, which is a fantastic product. And we're also starting to talk about the MetaHedge ARG, which will uh, be in Detroit. And I'm going to cover that during the MetaHedge uh, portion and all. So stay tuned. Don't go anywhere. This is Tales from the Cryptocurrency. And now we switch it up. From prices and news to altcoins from the crypt. And what's new at MetaHedge? 
All right, guys, and we are back. All right, so uh, MetaHedge has uh, quite a few things going on. We've been busy uh, over the last uh, couple of weeks, especially finishing up and putting the final bow, or I should say, or, or detailed uh, finishes on a couple of our different platforms. Only Legends is one that's getting ready to launch. It's getting ready to receive its first athletes, and we're getting very excited about that. Uh, right now, we're currently targeting football, especially for the fantasy uh, fantasy sports side of it, uh, and as well, like, you know, uh, we're concentrating on college and high school uh, currently right now, so our partners are, are getting athletes together for us as we speak, and we will start uh, importing those basically into the platform, and as uh, the athletes begin to use the site, then it should stimulate, it basically stimulates an economy that gets going until the site goes viral, so we're uh, looking forward to that. Also, the Own a Fight platform looks like it's getting ready to seal a deal with an established fight promoter promotion company uh, through the same partners that we're working on with Only Legends. Uh, so you can see that the project is actually growing from there and gone from one platform to two platforms that we're currently getting ready to launch with the same set of partners. So uh, that all is good uh, as well. And this uh, this uh, fight promotion company will be feeding hundreds of fighters uh, into our NFT platforms uh, and our fantasy gaming funnels as well. Uh, so this uh, starts to look really good for us as a company overall uh, that we're starting to get this uh, this 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 base right so we're starting to get a base that is going to provide financial income for all of us so as uh, as we get very close to launching these uh, you know it's been a long road to get to them I'll, I'll admit that but anyways now that we're here we have the technology. So what you'll see is the same technology that we've developed to do these types of platforms. You will see us adopting it to many other things uh, that will provide income for the company. So this is how you go from having one product to many products, uh, but at the same time s staying within your lane. Okay, uh, of things. So, uh, with that being said, uh, speaking of lane and gaming and and all of that kind of stuff, MetaHedge is getting ready to sponsor. Well, it's currently sponsoring the first of of, of many ARG games that are going to be launched uh, through the platforms as well. Uh, these are augmented reality games, uh, which allow you to kind of like play. You play somewhat online, and then there's other stuff that goes on as well. But basically, it's a, it's a blending of a use of technology technology with traditional uh, environmental, you know, uh, artifacts and stuff like that. So uh, some of it, it takes place in the real world where you have to kind of walk around and find things and uh, maybe go places and that kind of stuff. And the other parts of it uh, allow you to do some of it online as well. So it's, uh, it's not really uh, fiction. It's not really reality. It's augmented reality. And it's a, it's a cool kind of game. So as you see, these these uh, missing posters that I've been putting up that say you know Eva Lucien uh, is missing and etc. Uh, all of those things are clues to these augmented reality games, and we'll be promoting them more as such. Uh, you know, as the time goes. Like right now, we're just kind of like creating an air of mystery around it so that people go, "What the heck's going on?" or "What's happening?" We're not going crazy or anything like that uh, with all this talk of interdimensional travel and etc. It just 
fits into the storyline. And what we've done is that we've weaved, we've weaved uh, a couple of different storylines together uh, and uh, done a fan fiction uh, version of something that happened a long time ago. And now we're kind of rekindling it in the in the Detroit uh, area. Uh, the idea is that eventually, you know, people will pay uh, along the way uh, to to enhance their experience as they go along. But first, uh, there'll be many things that they'll be able to do free to kind of like bring them into the experience as it is. So, so anyways, it's uh, it's more to promote uh, Meta Hedge to get people outside walking, thinking, talking, using cryptocurrencies freely uh, within you know uh, a method uh, where it doesn't cost them money and there's no risk or anything like that involved for them. Uh, just to introduce people into the world of cryptocurrencies and into the world of like you know hey being more aware of like your surroundings and that kind of stuff which is always a, a good thing so it's a blend of art and it's a blend of technology and uh, we've we're doing it here at, at MetaHedge and we're launching it and in the summer uh, we're planning on launching this uh, this ARG and you guys will be able to go and participate in it and go walk around we've set up it's uh, very cool uh, you'll like it there's all kinds of things that, that will take you don't take anything for granted uh, it's a it's a mixture of magic uh, the city of Detroit interdimensional time travel time portals Egypt uh, the, the Masons uh, everything is is kind of in there and it's all woven in there beautifully uh, while uh, trying to track down this uh, this girl uh, that is missing and has been spotted here so as you help her find as you help us find her you will earn valuable crypto prizes along the way which is the key so You'll earn a reward if you solve the entire mystery. Uh, you will learn uh, rewards, uh, smaller rewards, uh, as you level up and go through and solve, you know, uh, about 12 different puzzles throughout the city, which you will have to go out into the city and walk around and go see things and pay attention to things that you've walked by a million times and all of a sudden realize, like, oh, my God, this thing that's been here always is a magical thing because... Uh, it's 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 tied into this. So the name of the ARG game is Discovering Elsewhere. That's what the name of the ARG game is. Uh, and we've seeded the internet with tons of crap about it uh, to to uh, you know to. Uh, to make the whole thing interesting, uh, it ties into stuff that goes in, and like I say, don't take anything for granted or anything of the sort. Uh, it's very interestingly tied together. You'll have to think quite about it because the prizes are valuable, but everything does make perfect sense, and it is solvable, and it's not like stupid. I've seen like a bunch of stupid treasure hunts where the things don't make sense or anything like that. This was all very well thought out, uh, and uh, one thing leads you to the next thing, to the next thing, to the next thing, and as you uh, begin to gather the clues and gather uh, the words and stuff like that, you will put together basically what you do is you put together seed phrases and those seed phrases lead you to cryptocurrencies and that kind of stuff. So it's a fun thing we'll have going on in the summer. Uh, this is not like something that we plan on, you know, making a bunch of money off of or anything like that. Mostly this will be something to help draw attention, give people 
something fun to do for the city of Detroit in the name of MetaHedge. Uh, you know, give people uh, an opportunity to experience cryptocurrencies because uh, that is part one of the things in the game is they'll have to eventually, you know, use it to, to interact and stuff because that's how they'll get paid eventually if they solve things. So along the way, it will take them through this cryptocurrency journey of setting up their wallet and all of that kind of stuff. But it will be done in a bunch of different ways and you've got to walk through the city and get the clues from there and know where to go and what websites and what to visit and all of that kind of stuff so it's uh it's going to be a lot of fun uh and you're not going to do it in one day so it's something that you'll have to dedicate some time to uh just like all good things right all good things uh take some time uh to 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 enjoy and to grow with and that kind of stuff so with that uh being said uh the 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 uh, Meta Exchange uh, is currently uh, completely like we started beta testing with it. We took a group of testers. They've tested it. We've put it on. We know what the protocols are going to be. Uh, it seems to work completely fine and that kind of stuff as well. So uh, with that being said, I'll claim that the uh, beta testing on the Meta Exchange is now complete. And uh, we're going to release Meta, Meta Exchange as a platform probably on uh, April 25th, uh, 23. So uh, that's coming up in a couple of weeks. And in a couple of weeks, uh, we'll have some users probably upload before then by invitation. And we'll show them how to do it so that their stores are already set up by the time that you get in there and that kind of stuff but it will allow each meta hedge partner to set up uh as a member uh set up on a central exchange and you will be able to exchange your meta for whatever cryptocurrency you would like to exchange it for okay so we're currently working on this uh as we speak and we will get it up and uh, running right now mostly i'm looking at like doing some of the aesthetics for it and making it look nice for you guys and that kind of stuff and making it easy to use as well because we realize some of you don't know how to uh, don't know how to do a lot of cryptocurrency things so we wanted to make it uh, very easy uh, almost like uh, a platform that you would recognize or to do things that you would normally know how to do uh, to interact with us and the blockchain and all of that kind of stuff so with that being said I think we've come up with something interesting and I think you'll enjoy it as well uh, you know we'll get as many of you guys as want to get on there on there and once we have enough of you on there, then we'll expand and see if we need to get more of you on there so that we can move to the next phase, which will be uh, a marketing phase, uh, which should give us all a nice financial boost and an opportunity to sell some of our meta uh, as we enter the new phase, uh, you know, as an emerging DAO, as a democracy as well, too. So uh, this is going to provide a, a bunch of new DeFi ways for us to grow and liquidate, you know, your meta within the platform. So uh, I think it, it'll be cool. And uh, the more, the stronger the community becomes which is why we did that whole thing of like dropping which by the way uh some of you did a great job with uh and some of you mm, mm, not so good okay but other than that uh the other ones that did do good and and helped out and stuff like that we appreciate it uh because you helped expand the community which was the whole purpose of all of that it wasn't to sell any or anything like that and all that kind of junk it was basically to expand the amount of people with wallets and like then we could attract to you know these kinds of platforms eventually and that kind of stuff so especially as as we uh, start to provide, you know, a lot of liquid uh, income that will start to come in from these platforms as we get them up and launching 
in the next couple of months as we go ahead. So uh, things are looking very, very good for us uh, in in that area. And uh, it's uh, getting to be an exciting time for for all of us uh, as we go through. There's some more exciting news uh, coming in as we develop MetaSearch, uh, the world's most powerful search engine. Uh, we've actually moved along uh, in that. And uh, we are now going to, okay, so we have the version that you guys are all using. And I've told you guys that this is a beta version. So what I think we're getting ready to do now is we are going to release an upgraded version uh, that no longer has the the DuckDuckGo error on it uh, and is nice and clean. It's very quick. Uh, We've added some upgrades to it as well. We've also added some other anonymity, uh, anonymity, uh, you know, uh, I should say steps in there that uh, that will allow you to without having to use incognito mode, uh, do completely anonymous searches with an anonymous profile, avoiding all ads, uh, all adware, and uh, any kind of tracking whatsoever. In addition to that, it will also allow you to turn your search engines on and off so that you could specialize your searches, uh, just like we've been doing in the beta search uh, engine, but we've added a couple of different other engines in there as well that will allow you, especially with so- social media searches. And uh, we've added an upgraded version of Tinai uh, in there as well, uh, which is working wonderfully with uh, with the, the meta search engine. So uh, missing people and that kind of stuff are very easy to find. Uh, using the meta search search engine as it, as it is, so we invite you to use the test site, uh, which is currently at uh, at MetaHedge, mymetahedge.com, and you can go there and use a test site. Once people use it, they generally take it and just uh, make it their default search engine. It becomes very easy to use, and it's nice to get stuff without constantly being bombarded with ads and being tracked and all of that kind of stuff. So uh, it's part of our anonymity project, what we call our Zero Trust Project at MetaSearch, uh, and uh, and uh, we will invite you to go in. And very soon, in the next couple of weeks or so, once we launch the, the sealed or behind the paywall version, then the only way to get it will be to have a, a NFT uh, by MetaHedge. And once you have the Meta Hedge NFT, you can just go ahead and log right in uh, to the search site. Uh, if you have the, the NFT in your wallet, you never have to go back and forth and all that kind of stuff. You get it, you log in, you get your your site uh, identification, and you can run searches all galore, whatever you want there without having to worry about anything, and uh, you're never tracked or traced or anything of the sort. Okay, so no ads, no junk, uh, complete anonymity, and uh, you can do whatever you want with it, and you don't have to to worry about uh, having to pay because uh, you have the NFT so in there as well. So so that will serve as your constant login. Uh, these NFT logins, by the way, are going to be something of the future. So uh, as you progress with us with the project, that's something that you're actually learning to do now is before anybody else is using it, we're using it, which is, uh, you know, NFT verification. So uh, that's going to be, forget about login passwords in the future and forget about uh, credentials like your email address and all that kind of stuff soon for everything you'll have to have an nft 
your your NFT will be verified, and then as long as the NFT is in your wallet, that's how you log into everything from you know Google Maps to your Gmail to everything. And the nice thing is, is that nobody will be able to hack you because only the person that has that NFT will be able to access your credentials. So, like that's a very nice thing about blockchain, which is what's coming down the pike, and well, we're at the forefront of it. So, uh, if you do not get the NFT, don't worry, you'll still be able to use the deprecated version of uh, of Meta of MetaSearch. We will leave it uh, at the metasearch.tech site, which is where it's currently residing, and you can continue to use it. And there's a, there'll be no really uh, other than the differences, the upgrades that I I described a little bit earlier. There won't be any difference. So you'll just see the DuckDuckGo error on your side there, and uh, you won't have access to the new uh, you know to the new enhanced search engines, Meta Meta Metaverse search engines as well, uh, which have been optimized uh, there. So uh, other than that, I mean, you'll still have anonymity and uh, you'll, you won't get bombarded by ads and well, you'll have access to tons and tons of, of good data through your, through your search engines. All right. So guys, uh, that's going to be it for MetaHedge uh, today, uh, but uh, we'll continue to talk about it uh, over on this week. I'm going to do a couple of those coffees with Kryptoni on TikTok uh, just because the last couple of weeks, you know, we've been kind of scarce on information and it was because of the d- reasons described uh, at the forefront of this podcast. So anyways, uh, with that being said, I, I did add a couple of uh, new cryptocurrencies to uh, our portfolio and they were be reflected on tomorrow. Now, these are extremely risky, uh, risky uh, cryptocurrencies. Okay, so, but we've made a little bit of profit. So I want to take and take a little bit of risk, right? So we, uh, we have an extremely risky call uh, right now. And what that's going to be is, I can see this coin that we're going to get, and you're going to get, uh, I've already gotten, uh, but is currently going down. So you're going to get a good price on it no matter what. Okay. But, uh, this coin, I can see it doing a hundred X easy. Okay. And I'll tell you that it's being compared to hex and hex. We missed the boat on because you guys weren't following along, uh, when hex was already doing its thing and I hadn't decided to do the podcast and all of that, but hex went 10, 10,000 X. You heard that right. 10,000 X. So, and right now this coin is being compared to it. I'll tell you that the two coins, it's not one coin. It's two coins that I've added. Uh, these coins, you're going to have to have Uniswap in order to have access to them. So, uh, I told you a long time ago you had to get Uniswap uh, at some point, and this was going to be it. The research on this is done, and the coins that I'm calling right now to go get are Zen Cryptocurrency, and that's spelled X-E-N. Okay, look it up on uh, on Google or whatever. Okay, uh, it's got an enormous... First of all, there, I'm going to talk a little bit about this, okay? But there's also another coin that goes along with this, and that's DB Zen. Okay, and that's DBXEN. It trades under the ticker DXN. Okay, so that's how you'll get it. Again, this is a Uniswap thing. On both of them, you'll want to get, by the way, you'll want to get the Zen and DXN uh, that's wrapped in Ether. So it'll say like the D, DXN dash WETH. And uh, if you click there on Uniswap, uh, it'll come right up. And guys, you don't want to miss the boat on this. There's lots of opportunities on this. I'm also going to talk about not only uh, not only am I going to talk to you about like you know why we hold the coin, but 
immediately, once you have the coin, I'm going to show you how to stake it so that you can take the coin and you place it uh, in their staking mechanism, which is super duper easy. It can't get any easier. All you do is connect your wallet to it. That's it. You just connect your wallet, whatever you have in Zen, uh, you know, uh, you can uh, take, you'll stake it. And as you stake it, you start to create, uh, you start to create uh, Ethereum. Okay. And, uh, and the Ethereum that you create, uh, you could actually withdraw. So this is a nice thing. It's like a passive income. You don't have to do anything and you get free Ethereum and you can pull it out every time that you have more than $2 in Ethereum. So it's not like, Oh, you have to wait till the end and whatever. And Oh, what if it collapses? No, nothing, man. If you've got more than $2 in Ethereum that you earned and you're staking there, you could take it, pull it out to your MetaMask wallet and let it sit there. So as long as you have enough to pay the gas fee, as like you have enough to send it. So, uh, so that's that. You can stake it, send it to your MetaMask wallet and et cetera. So, so this is a fantastic opportunity. You don't want to miss the boat on this. I know that we've learned, listen, we've learned quite a bit about cryptocurrencies, right? Uh, as we've, as we've, as we've done this together. We learned uh, about, you know, our, our, our self-custody, you know, holding our own cryptocurrencies and our own wallets, uh, not to use exchanges, not to, you know, not to trust the exchanges, how to buy coins. We've learned that, how to stake and what was DeFi. And we learned all of like that kind of stuff. Well, now we're going to start to implement some of these strategies as well, because I'm telling you what, cryptocurrency, I don't know if you heard the first part of the podcast, man, but with these, with these centralized, you know, uh, government cryptocurrencies coming out and digital, what they're calling digital currencies, uh, central bank digital currencies. This is going to be real trouble for us, man. Okay. I don't want to be like the person that's like sounding the alarm here saying like, Hey, cash is going to go away and they're going to track every single move. And if you didn't realize how to use cryptocurrency back in the day, good luck because now it's too late. Okay, but I'm kind of telling you that now. I'm telling you that you need to defend yourself. You need to defend your family. You need to learn about like what's going on in the in the finances. Okay, don't get caught with your pants down. Don't get caught blind into what's happening. Okay, the dollar the dollar is losing its value at an incredible rate. Okay, the dollar is losing its value at an incredible rate, and everything is going towards cryptocurrencies. So you have to start to learn about like the whole cryptocurrency market. You have to learn about Bitcoin. You have to learn about taking those loans. This is a great place to be, which is why I'm glad I'm sharing the information with everybody like right now, because I feel like, you know, like, hey, this is something, man, that like if you're really paying attention and you're really listening to what I'm doing and you're not just playing or whatever, if you've learned about what I've said about like scraping your Bitcoin off and taking the loans and doing that kind of stuff, this stuff is going to make a difference. It's going to make a difference in the future. And the future is now. It's not, I'm not talking about like in 20 years or whatever, man, this is coming down now. They keep printing trillions of dollars. We keep sending trillions of dollars. I mean, billions of dollars overseas. And then they like print billions of dollars for other things. Okay. The dollar is losing its value. I watched the Dixie, which is the dollar exchange, and it doesn't look great. Okay. I've been calling the Bitcoin market as it is. You guys see my accuracy. Okay. I'm not, I'm not like joking with you guys. Okay, it's not like to pat my own back or anything like that. I look at the analysis. I have AI that helps me look at the analysis. And it's not crazy. It's not like some wishy-washy, you know, stuff with crystals and incense and stuff. It's data that's pulled from the news, from history, from prices, from thousands of like comparisons that happen per second. The computers do that you can never do with the, with the naked eye. 
Okay, I've called Bitcoin at every single price, at every single major price point that it's hit. You've been there with me the entire time. I'm telling you right now that the same analysis that we're using to show that Bitcoin is is actually very, you know, hey, it's it's on its way up, like right now, at least currently, right? That's what's happening. It's also showing that the dollar is on its way down. We're going to have inflation that's going to be unparalleled unless things change. I mean, this, uh, this is the way things are going right now. It doesn't mean that things can't change. Okay. But as things are going right now, unless, unless something really incredible happens for the United States, it's not looking great. Alliances are being built across and overseas between China and India and Russia and all of those things. And if you put those enormous continents together and then you look at the U.S. economy, okay, it's not that big. Once they decide that, like, it's not that good a deal to use the dollar and to just peg, you know, uh, the oil to something else, to anything else, we're in deep, deep trouble. I'm not saying that's going to happen in the next couple of days or anything like that, but I'm telling you that the entire world and the world stage is basically seeing this, and that's where we're headed. So anyways, with that being said, guys, the the, the cryptocurrency uh, is Zen, X-E-N, uh, and you can pick it up on, on Uniswap. Uh, the other one is uh, D-B-X-E-N, and uh, this has been, you know, 23 minutes I, we're into it as well. I don't want to talk, I don't want to give you guys an ear beating, but uh, I'll tell you a little bit about X-E-N. What is it? Zen is basically, it's a joint virtual mining project that initially launched on the Ethereum network. And it was created by the Fair Crypto Foundation, which is backed by Jack Levin. Uh, if you don't know that name, that's uh, one of the first Google employees. That's somebody that was involved in building the original architecture for Google. Okay, he's behind uh, the the framework on this project. And the idea behind Zen, which Levin calls the people's token, is it's based on principles like self-custody, trustless consensus, and decentralization. So uh, Zen's had an enormous impact on, on Ethereum after the London fork. The Ethereum base fee is basically determined by the network activities and is burned afterwards. So uh, the validators, uh, you know, that are used in this reward reward after the merge and comprise of the tip fees that you you know you pay as you go along and help the validators prioritize the validation of your transactions so with that being said uh uh, it's it's a cool project. People are starting to talk aloud about it on social media, which is like the big deal. Uh, you know, it's got an enormous like market cap. It's got like nine trillion coins. So like the thing is, is that the price is so low on it too that you can get tons of it. And during the next bull run, when people are like, it can go to a dollar, we'll make a killing on this coin. Uh, you know, it's never going to go to a dollar. I'll tell you that from now, right now. There's like nine trillion tokens. Even if they burned like eight trillion of the tokens, it would never make it. It, uh, you'd never be able to make it to a dollar, but it does have it does have some uh, ingenious uh, burning mechanisms uh, and products that go along with this. That as they launch, who knows what the price of the coin could get to and that kind of thing. Okay. The other coin uh, that uh, I want to get into right now and I want you to start taking a look at is that uh, that DB uh, that DB Zen. Okay. And that trades under DXN. Uh, and right now it's at $68.14 for one of them. Okay. And uh, there is not a lot of these in circulation, guys. I think like right now there's currently like 937,000 of them. 
them in circulation. And uh, there's going to be a maximum of 5 million of these. And these are basically the lifeblood of, of Zen. Okay, so uh, you use these, uh, you know, uh, DBXN is basically, it's a project that proposes uh, a new tokenomics philosophy and distribution algorithm that aims to contribute to the Zen deflation while bringing a new DXN digital asset with the, within the Zen ecosystem. So DXN is, ca- is a capped token, which can solely be, be minted by burning Zen and the founding team's passion for fair launches, fair distribution, equitable tokenomics and community governed protocols uh, was the inspiration behind building DBXN. So DBXN's goal is to offer an alternative to uh, ZE NFTs uh, and other burning tokens like Reflection Token, Phoenix, etc. And it proposes a totally different reward system that will allow a yield passive income for DXN holders. So this is going to be huge. Okay, this is going to be huge. At least that's my guess, okay? So I told you this is an extremely risky asset. There's no reason to put a bunch of stuff. I'm putting 1% of my fiat is what I'm going to put into each of these. 1% of one, 1% of the other. And that's what I'm going to put into these uh, into these coins. Other than that, I'm not going to risk a dollar more, but we'll keep an eye on it. And if we start to do really good, then we'll reevaluate at that time. But in the meantime, it's better to be in than not. Okay, so there you go. You have it in a nutshell. Thanks for hanging with me. Again, apologies about like the last couple of weeks. I'm glad we got a chance to spend this time together here. Okay, and if you don't do anything else until the next time that we meet, just buy the freaking dip. This has been Tales from the Cryptocurrency. Our passion is to teach everyone from teens to boomers about NFTs, cryptocurrencies, how to invest, and how to stay safe. We hope you've enjoyed the show. If you did, make sure to smash the like button and leave a review. Even bad reviews help, so please do it. For questions or if you'd like to be a guest on the show, visit MyMetaHedge.com or send an email to CryptoKeeper, the number 2, the letter U, at gmail.com. Join the Facebook group at Tales from the Cryptocurrency. And join Cryptony airdrops on Stockforge by using the promo code Cryptony and try it free for 30 days. See you next time on Tales from the Cryptocurrency.